may be seated. It is good to good to have you, whether you're in the room or whether you're out there. Y'all look at the name of the of what it says up there. It says, "When God doesn't make sense." Any of you got him figured out yet? It's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to it's hard to figure God out. He's not a God that we can put in a box and say, "Hey, here he is." He just doesn't always make perfectly good sense when he's leading us and directing us, but we're told to trust him, we're told to listen to him. Let me ask you, is God asking you or God leading you or nudging you or directing you to do anything right now? Rhetorical question, you don't have to answer. Is he? Maybe a, maybe a constant, he's steadily coming back to you saying, hey, and, and, and you're... You're constantly getting that tag, you're it, maybe a nudging, maybe, uh, we don't know, but God's steadily doing it to you. He's tapping, he's knocking, he's saying, hey, I need you to do X. X comes in all different shapes, sizes. It doesn't always make sense what God asks us to do. You know, I think about Noah, Noah, go build a, go build a boat, a big boat, because it's going to rain Hadn't rained before, hadn't seen rain, earth hadn't seen rain for all those years. Noah was probably, and we know he was, he was called a fool. You're a fool, how in the world, why in the world, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy and effort. God doesn't always make sense. What's God asking you to do, maybe right now, that doesn't make sense? Think about Abram. Abram, get up and leave everything. Go. I want you to go. He don't tell him where to go. He don't tell him what he's going to do when he gets there. He doesn't give him his hourly rate. He doesn't give him his vacation days. Doesn't explain health insurance or 401ks. Doesn't explain any of that. He just said, get up and go. And we see Abraham doing one of the most radical things. He gets up and he goes. What's God asking you to do? I think about Abraham again. Take your only son, Isaac. Your only son, Isaac. I don't want you to go up on top of that mountain. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you a place. And I want you to sacrifice him there to me. Guys, what is God asking you to do? And let me say this. He doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always fit into our schedule. It doesn't fit into our plan of life. You know, sometimes we get to a point and he wants us to take a radical right or a radical left. God says, hey, I want you to move. I want you to quit what you're doing and I want you to come follow me over here. I want you to stop that and I want you to go over there. And, and, and here's, the, here's the, I guess, the silliness of that. Yeah, but I've, I have, my degree is in this and my, my understanding, my skill set, my learning, my, my energy. Everything I have worked toward is this and you're telling me to give all of that up and go listen to you yeah you know Matthew oh, just listen just listen it says when you pray when you pray go into your inner room close your door pray to the father who's in secret and your father who's in secret he sees what's done in secret and he'll reward you. He says, your father knows what you need before you ever ask him. It may not be, I use extremes. You know, sometimes when you think of extremes, then coming way back 
closer is not so hard to do. He may not be asking you an extreme right now, like to quit or move far, far away. He may just be asking you to do something simple. What's he asking you to do? I want us to pray right now. God sees it. God knows it. Listen, church. God doesn't always make sense. You cannot put God in a box. You know, as you're praying, you may, for all of us, we could probably start with confession. Lord God in heaven, I'm sorry that I have created you into something I want you to be and you fit me. Some of us may need to right there say, Lord, I'm sorry for putting you in a box. God, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for putting you in a box. Saying you can't do that and you don't do that. That's, that's, that's not who I am or that's not what I should do. Or who, Lord, forgive us. Oh, God, forgive us all. Lord, what are you wanting us to do right now? Lord, we hear you. Your servants are listening. It don't make sense. But God, we, won't, we need... We pray, and guys, do this. Pray for wisdom to, to see clearly. Pray for boldness to step out and do it. Pray for strong faith to just stick to it. Lord, protect us, lead us, guide us, direct us, help us. Lord, keep Satan far, far away from us, Lord. Keep, keep your hand on us, Lord. We need you moment by moment, day in and day out. Lord, there is not a, there is not a thing we can do. We, got, we abide in Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Your word simply says. Lord, don't let us do this life on our own. Lord, Holy Spirit of God, convict every one of us right now for all the little things that we're doing without you on cruise control. God in heaven, forgive us. Lord, forgive us for wasting time, for wasting days and months and years, for running, running far, far. What you told Jonah made no sense in his heart, so he ran. Lord, is there those in this room or watching through those cameras, sitting and listening now or listening later, who are currently running from you, their Savior and God? Yeah, we serve a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and a whole lot of second chances, Lord. But that's no excuse to just blatantly disobey. Help us, Lord. Help us. Give us clarity to listen. Be clear with us, Lord. You realize our frame, our stature, that we're but dust. You know what you're working with down here. You know what you're working with on this hill, Lord. You know what you have assembled together. You know the army that you have assembled here on this hill for such a time as this. And Lord, here we are. We sit. And Lord, your servants are listening. Help us respond. And obedience, even if it doesn't make sense. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me over to the book of Luke. If there's ever a moment to where God didn't make sense, it was the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. It was the angel Gabriel coming to Joseph. It was the angel Gabriel coming to Zacharias there. 
Think about the three different responses that those three individuals had to the angel's words. Mary pondered them in her heart. And notice, we'll read it all, but I want you to notice verse chapter 1, Luke 1, look at verse 38. Mary pondered it all in her heart what the angel Gabriel said. And Mary said to Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Is that your response to God? When he comes and he speaks and he whispers in the middle of the night of, All right, I'm it. You could have picked a lot of other people. You could have picked... You could have picked far more intelligent, far more equipped, far more filling your word. But God, you came to me. I'll do it. When God don't make sense, do you say, I'll do it? What did all? Notice, turn, turn back a, a tiny hair, a, a tiny bit. And look, at what, look at what Zacharias said, verse 18, Luke 1, 18. We're going to read all this. I want you to see the whole story. We're going to see the context. You've read it time and time again during Christmas. Or when you're going through a daily Bible reading or an annual Bible reading, you get to the Luke passage and you read through it. You know these verses. You know what Zacharias does. You know his response. Zacharias' response is very similar to Moses' response in a way. It's excuses. Look at what he says in verse 18. Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Do you ever give God excuses? Let me tell you something. There's always, never in Scripture, is there ever an excuse without a consequence. You don't give God an excuse and there not be some. Here's what God does not do. Hey, I need you to do something. Oh, I can't do that. God doesn't just, okay, bless you. Go on your merry way. Happily ever after. My grace and favor be on you. And I'm going to go use somebody else. God doesn't work that way. You miss the boat. There's consequences. You disobey, there's consequences. You say, Lord, go get somebody else. Here's the deal. He'll get somebody else, but you miss it. And you don't just miss it, there's consequences. Zacharias is saying, look, I'm old and she's old. Do you not get this? As if God doesn't know already the situation. God already knows everything about you and I when He comes to us and in the middle of the night, tag, Hey, isn't there another heart you should be knocking on? Isn't there another somebody who's maybe their knees don't hurt, their back don't hurt, they they can speak a lot better, they're they're better with people? Listen, I can't stand in front of people and talk. I'm nervous. I get tongue-tied. I don't know what to say. I'll mess them up. God don't need all the excuses. God knows all of that already. He just wants us out of the way, church. Surrender. It don't make sense. The greatest not making sense is saving me. The greatest not making sense is saving you. That's what don't make sense. We rightfully deserve hell. We deserve every, every, every degree of hell and some because you and I are sinners in the face of a holy and righteous God and He has given us grace and what do we do with His grace? 
We throw excuse up. We throw walls up. We say, no, go get somebody else. Go pick that one. Go, go tag him or go tag her. I, I can't, Lord, no. Who in the world are we to look at the God of this universe, a creation? How can the creator, creation speak to the creator and tell him this or that? And yet we do that on a regular basis. There's a consequence to it. We see what happens. He's mute until John shows up. I want us to look at another one. Look at Joseph's response. Go over to Matthew. We're going to read every one of these. I want you to hear the stories. We're going to read this. Now the birth, Matthew 1. Matthew 1. See, see Joseph is put in a unique position here. Because we're going, to, we're going to take a detour back over to Deuteronomy to see what's going on. Sometimes we rationalize. Sometimes we try to outsmart God. Sometimes we try to help him out. You ever try to help God out? You ever try to help God out? So it's kind of like this. It's like, uh, Lord, I know somebody that would really do good at that one. You ever do that? Listen, Lord, I know the person you need to talk to. Casey, he's far better. Brother Ken, hey, listen, you need, you need somebody faithful. Ken Cheeks is a man, Lord. You still got him on this earth. You ain't took him home. Use him, Lord. Excuse after excuse after excuse. We rationalize. Joseph sort of rationalizes, but he made a right decision. Look what it says, beginning of verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they had come together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her. What is the point there? There's, there's, there's a nugget we're going to get to. Not wanting to disgrace her. Joseph tries here. Not wanting to disgrace her. Planned to send her away secretly. You can only imagine Mary comes in one day after Gabriel over in Luke 1. Tells us that, hey, Joseph, I, we need to talk. Honey, I'm busy. Joseph, we really need to talk. Listen, I am, I'm working. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of stuff to do. It's Christmas time. I'm building a whole bunch of things. Joseph, we need to talk. I'm having a baby. Do what? We ain't done nothing. I'm, I can't help it. We're having a baby. Yeah, but I can only imagine. Yeah, but. It don't matter, Joseph. I don't get it either. It don't make sense to me either, but I'm pregnant. And Joseph tries to do the right thing. He starts trying to figure God out. He starts trying to, well, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And here's why he did it. I want you to look over with me. Look at the consequences of this. This makes the picture bigger. This makes the not, it doesn't make sense. Because look, if Mary had have been found out based on, and again, we know that it was a Holy Spirit thing. Bible says that he overshadowed her. There was nothing. The whole Catholics get off into some mess. It's just different. They take words and add words that, that even their own people say that they're not there. It doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. So the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. But Joseph didn't know that. He's just here, look, you're pregnant. I don't know how you got pregnant, but there's a consequence to you being pregnant, and something's going to happen. Look at Deuteronomy 16. No, not 16. My sticky's at 22. 
I will let you in your own private reading read verse 13 through 19. And you'll get the behind the scenes context of if a husband thinks he's marrying a virgin. If a guy thinks he's marrying a virgin and comes to find out she's not a virgin, there's consequences. And the mom and daddy has to go and check and they have to bring it to the, to the leaders of the city and they lay it at the gate and here, look, see, it's real versus it's not real. If it's real, okay, you're, mar- you're not married to her. If it ain't real, then hey, you married her anyway. But look at the con- verse 20. But if the charge is true, see, Joseph, all Joseph hears is, honey, we're having a baby. And Joseph's like, no, we're not. Yeah, we are. Uh-uh, it don't happen that way. I know it don't make sense to me either, but we're having a baby. But if the charge is true that the girl was not found a virgin, and this is why, this is why he didn't want to disgrace her, because at the moment he didn't understand. He, didn't, he don't understand the, the Holy Spirit coming and doing what only God can do. See, God blows our mind, period, all the time. The same way Jesus came, God still wants to do that amazing stuff in your and my life every single day. But we tell him, no, you can't use me. You can't do that. I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't say that. I can't lead them. I can't help her. I can't say that. Who in the world am I? God's not saying, I need you. God's saying, look, I tagged you and I just want you to hush and let me do what I'm doing. Verse 21, then they shall bring, here's the consequence that Joseph was trying to avoid. Then they shall bring out the girl to the doorway of her father's house, and the men of the city shall stone her to death, because she has committed an act of folly in Israel by the playing the harlot in her father's house. Thus they shall purge the evil from among you. Mary comes up, Joseph's out there whittling away, carving, fixing some stuff for Christmas, and he says, she says, honey, I'm pregnant, and his first thoughts is, oh my goodness, this is going to be bad. He knew the law, he knew she had to die, because he knew it wasn't her, he knew it wasn't him, she's got to die, he knew that's the consequence, he knew the law said she must die, because it wasn't me, you're having a baby, it had to be somebody, so you're going to die. That's why over in Matthew chapter 1 and Joseph chapter 1 verse 19 and Joseph her husband being a righteous man and a good guy and not wanting to disgrace her planned to send her away secretly. Look, we can't, we can't let this get out. And you know what was back then just like it is now. Hey, I got some news but you promise not to tell, right? I promise how long is that going to last? He knew that wouldn't work. She'd be stoned before nightfall. And then the Holy Spirit came. But when, the, but when he had considered this, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for this child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which is translated 
means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep. My question is, what do you do in the middle of the night when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Even though you've done made a plan and your plan makes perfectly good sense, you've done figured it out. Tomorrow I'm going to go do X. We're going to go do X. This is what I think we need to do. And then God intercedes and He comes in the middle of the night or He comes wherever you are and says, Hey, I need you to do it this way. How do you respond when the Holy Spirit, when the God of this universe does not make sense? Here, Joseph. He hears what God's doing. He hears what God's doing. And notice... What he does. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Every one of us in this room are no different than Mary, Zacharias, or Joseph. Every human being on the face of the earth, every believer has a choice every single day. Am I going to listen to the God of this universe, the God and Savior and sustainer of my soul? Or am I going to reject him or am I going to run from him or am I going to disobey him? Or am I going to simply humble myself, as Mary said, and said, Hey, the bond slave of the Lord, do with me, Lord God. That's why we should constantly pray. Lord, what are you telling me to do that I'm running from? You know, you can run for so long you forget God's calling. You can get so immune to the voice of the Lord. You can just get so, you can just think the... You can just think the constant headache, the constant backache, the constant aggravation, the constant, constant, constant is just part of life. No, it could be just, just you're running. Could be just constant rebellion. You say, Brother Shannon, why in the world? When do you, when do you relent? When do you give up on us? When do, you, when do we tag out? Honestly. When do we, the Wednesday night crowd who here week after week after week we're here we're sitting through it and you pound us pound us pound us because guys if they're seeing in the camp if they sin in the camp what happens what's the consequences if anybody if we we cannot be overlooking the little disobediences we cannot look, overlook the little rebellions. We can't say, yeah, but, yeah, but God's just going to overlook this. Well, no, He doesn't. It's not how God works. And I'm no different than you, and I'm not perfect. I don't stand before you. I will never stand before you perfect. They can tell you. Wendy's not even going to sure write a book. We're not perfect. It's just the Bible says, what do we do when, what do we do when He don't make sense? We just listen to Him. We just obey Him. It's scary. It's scary. I get it. Let's, let's talk about what it could be. Let's just, let's just chase the rabbit of what could happen. We may have to change. We may have to do things different. We may have to, we, we individually, you, and you can, every one of you, take your fingers and point to me and say, me, everybody do this. Let's play a game. Take your pointer. Let's, let's be, every one of you, if I don't see pointers up, some of because some of you said, I ain't going to put my pointer up. I don't care if Jesus says, put your pointer up. Put your pointer up. See, some of you won't even play the game the preacher says, much less the game God says. Take your pointer up and say, me. 
me got to obey God. Me got to obey God. Me got to obey God. It's easy to point to them and say, look, you need to get yourself right. Or, or look, Forrest and Sonia, listen, they got to straighten some stuff up and go around the room. They got, they got to work on some stuff. They got to work on some stuff. No, me. Me got to work on it. Before me get it to y'all, me got to deal with it. Me still working on me. I wish I was more like Mary. I hear you, Lord. Don't make sense, but I'll do it. I wish I was more like Joseph. I'm going this way. What, Lord? No, I'm going this way. What, Lord? I'm going this way. Lord, what do you want? Okay. I've been putting a lot of time, energy, effort. You ever been here? Some of us are here. And, I, and I'm not saying, listen, it's okay. Joseph, what Joseph was doing, it says it. It says it right here. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. You know, sometimes our plans are pretty good. I mean, it made really good sense. There's nobody would have knocked Joseph at this point. But if you would have sent the mother of the Savior of the world away secretly, somebody would have found out. A monkey wrench would have been thrown into the story. But he listened. Guys, don't be, don't be so prideful. I'll tell you what, what plagues the church is pride. What does God hate above everything else? A haughty heart. A heart that arrives. Paul says, I haven't arrived yet, but one thing I do, I press on. Guys, we can't get to an arrival point as Christians. Arrival is stepping over into eternity. Till then, we're being made. Till then, we're being conformed. Till then, he's chiseling the junk off and he's replacing the junk with the good. He's pulling the things he don't want out of us and he's putting in the good. We reach completion in the glorified state that we have standing around our Savior. Till then, we are being made into the image of Jesus. So none of us are there yet. So we need to have a teachable spirit. Wednesday night crowd, everybody that's watching through them eyes, if you don't have a teachable spirit and you call yourself a Christian, you got an issue. If you don't have a teachable, moldable, usable, malleable spirit that can be molded and shaken, how in the world is he the potter and we're the clay if you sit there and say, nope, don't touch me there. Nope, I ain't going there. Nope, I'm not trying that one. Nope, take your fingers off of me. Hey, don't do it there. I mean, how in the world with the clay if we keep bouncing around? No, no, no. We can't say no to God. If we were honest, we have so much to pray for. Yes, He forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But the Bible says if you confess your sins, He's faithful to cleanse us. There's so many times we've said, no, Lord, I hear you, 
but my plan is pretty good and I know what I'm doing and I've thought through it and I've even consulted Facebook. And all of my friends did that and some of them made hearts and some of them did all them other things and it's a go, Lord. And everything inside of you is saying, don't go. This ain't, this ain't what I saved you for. This is not who you are. I didn't redeem you for this. There's consequences. Don't go. You haven't worked it all out. You don't know the outcome. You don't realize that Mary's going to secretly get out. And for two or three days it's a secret. And then it's going to go public. And then it's all going to fall apart miserably. There's consequences to rebellion. There's consequences to disobedience. There's consequences to not listening to the Holy Spirit church on the hill at Chapel Hill. I'm not a great preacher. I just know what this book says and I see the consequences after every rebellious act. And I see the amazing God being glorified and Him being pleased and well pleased at the obedience of His sons and daughters. And radical things happening through very simple, common people that you and I would have never chosen. We would have never picked the way God picks. They didn't have degrees. They were not educated. They were rejects at best. That's what God chose. And they simply listened. Perfect? No. But they listened. They were consequences to their disobedience. But they listened. Zechariah, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. He missed it. He's like, nope. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. It doesn't work. I'm too old. She's too old. Are you kidding me? As if God didn't know already. He doesn't watch the old man for all them years. He done woke him up and put him to bed and woke him up and put him to bed and fed him and led him and took care of him all them days. And then we're going to look at God and say, do you not know I'm old? Some of us in this room literally hear God knocking. And we say, I'm past my time, Lord. I've raised my youth. I've raised my kids. I've taught. I've done. I've served. I've sang. I've gone. I've been. I've done it. And it's now time for me to sit down and be fed. Show me retirement in that book. Show me. Show me retirement from the mission in that book. Show me, show me out to pasture, just going to cruise on into heaven. Show it to me in God's Word. It's not biblical. It may be societal. It may be the, 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 the norm of, of one economy, but it's not the norm in the kingdom. In the kingdom, no, older women teach the younger women. Older men Pour into them. Guys, don't quit. I tell you, the biggest need inside of most every church, period, is for the people who think, hey, I've done my time to get out of the stands and quit just watching and get back down on the field. I'm not saying even on the sidelines, because yes, you got the experience, I get it, and yes, you would probably give some really good advice, I get it, and yes, we'd probably fall in far fewer potholes if we'd listen to you, yes, we get it, but the Bible doesn't say stand on the sideline or in the stands, it says be on the field. 
And the church is full of people that do it for a season and become spectators. Zacharias said, you can't use me. I'm old. You sure can't use her. She's really old too. What if, what if Chapel Hill, every row full, every family unit full, quit making excuses? Till you're dead, till you're laid out, and he sings and I preach, you're here. That means you're not, that means God's not done. He knows you're old. He knows you're tired. He knows your back hurts. He knows you're young. He knows, pick your excuse. He knows that already. And you're still accidentally here? No, you're still sovereignly here. You're not accidentally still alive and still breathing air and still eating food and still living. It has nothing to do with you being an American. It has to do with the God of this universe still sustaining you. And he's not done with you. What if? You want to see revival? Don't, revival don't come through me. It comes through messages just like this. though. Revival happens when the people in the pews see that, wow, I'm still in a pew and I'm not in a hole. I'm still in a pew and I still got time. I'm still in a pew. There's work to be done. I'm still in the pew and there's still lost people. I'm still in the pew and there's still a village that I live in. There's still a neighbor or two. Frank's got a whole bunch of young people. My kid looks up to you, coach, coach, coach. I hear coach more than I hear daddy. He thinks you hung a moon. What in the world did you do? But he's watching. And that's just one basketball team. Who's watching you? See, that's the thing. They're watching us. How many of us are how many of us have a lot of people watching us and we are standing in the pew and we're sitting in the stands? Think about it. They're watching us and we're in the stands. Come do as I do. Come be as I am. The things you've heard from me and seen from me and and watched me do, entrust to others who'll do the same. If everybody copied you, what in the world would it be happening? And don't copy me either. Do what the book says do. Do what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do because he may not be telling me and you to do the same thing. I told you we're going to read it. I want to read it. Go back over to Luke. I want to read it. Let's read it all. Let's read all of Luke 1. It's a lot. Not all of it. Most of it. Again in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Wow, he's amazing, isn't he? We could preach a sermon there. That's the problem when I start reading large chunks. Every, every chunk's a sermon. Sorry. This is the same guy that made excuse we just read about. He's amazing. And he's the same cat that gets over here and is like, Lord, I'm old and she's really old too. Keep going. Y'all got me distracted. But they had no child, verse 7, because Elizabeth was buried and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened 
that while he was performing his priestly service before God at, in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. You will name him You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb, and he will turn away many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Then the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I, I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. The people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at the delay in the temple, but when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had, been, that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and they remained mute. They remained mute. When the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. And these days, after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph and the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth, has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who, who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. I want you to hear that. That's how we'll close in prayer in just a moment. And many said, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord, may it be, bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to the word. And the angel departed from her. How are you responding to the God of this universe who at this moment may not be making sense or yesterday may not be, have made sense? 
He doesn't pull his call away without a consequence. He doesn't pull his message away without a consequence. We say this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. I want you to hear that. Bow your head.